I think getting through fear is something that if you practice every day, you just do it. It's like if I said to you, if you're in the military and they go, go make your bed every day. And you're like, oh, I freaking hate making the bed. You know, any habit is created, they say in 21 days. And that is a fact. If you want to lose weight, if you want to be more disciplined, if you want to stop smoking, you need 21 days doing something over and over again. When I face fear, because I'm so used to this now, I just go, okay, write it down. It's got to be on the top three things I have to do. And it's got to be number one on the list. And I just do it. It is a discipline. Okay. Being even keeled and doing things is a discipline. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks. Come from a different cloth. Y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you got to get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo with the rucker paw. Now we eating from state to state. We scraped the plate. I put my eggs in a basket. Took a leap of faith. I took a chance. Now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests. Now let's bring Matt. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is your host, Matt Labrie, and you're rocking with us here where we are making history today on the Decoding Success podcast, thanks to the incredible individual that you have just heard from. She's joining us in just a few moments. Now, when I say we're making history, we have yet to ever have an individual on the show more than twice, and she is one of the individuals we've had twice. Today, she's here for the third time. Really excited she's gracing our airwaves once again, the Latina media dynamo and women's empowerment advocate. Nelly Galan. She was dubbed the Tropical Tycoon by the New York Times Magazine, one of the savviest firebrand talents in the entertainment industry, an immigrant, self-made media mogul, New York Times bestselling author, first Latina president of entertainment for a U.S. television network, Telemundo, Emmy award-winning producer of over 700 shows. I can go on for days, but I'd be doing a disservice if I don't deliver her message any sooner than what we're able to do here. So, so really excited to bring Nelly back on here. She is an incredible individual that I'm very grateful to have in my life in different capacities from a mentor perspective. We work together. We have conversations like what we're diving into today. And as you heard in the beginning, we're talking about fear. We're talking about overcoming those fears. We're keeping it real. What is the meaning of life? We're getting really, really deep here. What is our purpose? Right, The list goes on. Really excited to amplify this conversation to each and every one of you. I'm going to throw this out there right now. Make sure that you are sharing this episode. We're in 2022. So many more people are tuned in and listening to the show, and we are so excited to have new guests, returning members, so on and so forth. But there's other people out there that haven't heard it yet. And what Nelly's discussing today with us is absolutely 100% must-share material. So I'm throwing it out there to each and every one of you that's tuned into this right now. Make sure you're sharing it. And if you do, if you're sharing it on your Instagram story, wherever, however you're sharing it, let us know so we can show you love back. Tag us if it's on social, DM us if it's a text message, whatever the case is, we are here and we want to show our love back. So without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Nelly Galan. Nelly, welcome back. I have to say that you are the first person ever to be on the show three times. Uh, really? Three times. You've been on it three times now, 220 plus episodes at this point. You were the first to be here three times. And there's a reason for that. So I just want to say thank you and welcome back. I feel like this is like the Saturday Night Live thing where you, when you've been on five times, they give you a coat. 
<laughs> I don't know what your version of that is going to be, but uh, I'm very excited. I, lo- I love talking to you and we always have such deep, great conversations. So I'm excited to be back with you again. The feeling is most definitely mutual. I want to kick it off by kind of seeing where this goes, almost in a sense where it can go in probably numerous different directions. But I'm curious to ask you, what is something... And again, I, it could go any which way. What is something you feel like millennials, give or take, you know, maybe a little bit of an older generation, a little bit of a younger generation should be doing more of like right now? Well, I think, I think first of all, we have to all take in what's happened to all of us the last two years, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, Matt, that I am all about entrepreneurship and money and all that, but I'm also, I have a doctorate in psychology. And I think that that psychology degree has really served me well. I think, you know, so many millennials are talking about mental health. And I think it's a good time to combine those two subject matters because I've had two of the worst years of my life. And it's good for people to hear that. And if I did not have two things, number one, if my money and my financial life was not in order, and I'd, if I didn't have my background in psychology and my, my desire to really have my mental health be well, I would have really lost it these last two years. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good thing to talk about those two things, right? I call my money life the mothership. If the mothership isn't solid, when all the other things go wrong, you kind of like lose it. And when your mental health is not solid and when you don't have the tools to deal with your mental health, those two things, I am now very convinced those are the two foundational things we all have to have right because everything else can fall apart and everything else has fallen apart for me these last two years. So I think that's something for millennials. You're already talking about mental health, but mental health with the financial mothership being healthy, those are the two keys to life and obviously health. I mean, I guess those are the three, the three buckets, health, your financial life as the mothership and your mental health. Those three things have to be right because everything else can fall apart. You can lose your house in, you know, a tornado, you can, and the health thing with COVID, I mean, you know, so I think it's been very clear to me in these last two years, what really matters. Right. I'm curious because I've been on the other end of the spectrum where my mental health has been in a frenzy because I was just all gung ho on stacking money, hustling, so on and so forth. So where's the balance of that? Right. Because I I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think it's really important to have everything in check, but sometimes there's, you know, no balance. So I'm curious. Well, I think, first of all, going back to that, you're younger. So you may have a year where everything's out of balance or everything is screwed up. And you're like, like my son who says to me, oh my God, this is the worst year ever. I think the great thing about having a friend or a mentor that's older is I can tell you I've been here before. I've had really bad years before. There will be bad years of your life. There will be years where everything goes wrong. And the great thing about being older and probably the only good thing about getting older is that you really understand this too shall pass, right? So you have to remind yourself of that and you have to almost, you know, when, when things, as you said, when things get crazy, wh- wh- how do you balance? You There's only one way to balance, Matt, and that is slow down and take baby steps out of this mess. There's no way out of it, but through it. And so the only way to deal with your mental health and with all of it is go, you know, and you, you've heard me say this before, what are the three things I'm gonna do today? What are the three things I'm going to do this week? What are the three things I'm going to do this month? And patience is really tough for people like us because we're not patient. 
but there are times in your life where everything comes to you and you got to take advantage and go, go, go. And there are times you have to slow the hell down and say, I can only do three things today. Okay. I got through them. Let me write down. I'm grateful today that I finished these three things. And it might take six months, nine months, a year, 14 months, 15 months, you will get through it. And even though you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, good things will be coming again. Absolutely. Now I'm curious to learn how or what your advice is for not being victim to those bad times, right? And you you know, I was just sick and I could have milked being sick for like another week. I'm telling you, like I was just down, I was out. So what's your advice there to not be victim? Uh, Because you're right, 100%. They're inevitable, right? Ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys, so on and so forth. So uh, what's your advice there? I'll tell you how I do it. I don't know that it, that's the only way to do it, but you know, I'm very lucky because I'm always reminded like yesterday I had these guys cleaning the vents in my house. Right. And I talked to them and they're telling me their problems. And I'm like, what the hell, how do I possibly think I have problems compared to these guys? Right. I think we forget that when something like, you know, again, I, the two things I always say, you have to be a history buff because you have to know that bad things happen sometimes to you personally, but the kind of world we've been living in for two years is a worldwide pandemic, a worldwide problem. Everybody is having mental health problems. Everybody's having health problems at different times. Everybody else is having financial problems. So you forget because we're isolated. We go, oh my God, my problems are the worst. They're really not. And I think it is a moment to really keep a gratitude journal because you have to break things down into baby things. You have to say every day, I got these three things done. Oh my God, I had three wins today. Even if they're stupid little wins. Oh, you know, whatever. Because when you talk to the next guy and or the next girl, they're having catastrophic things happen to them. And you go, oh my God, that's great. Now, maybe I had a catastrophic thing six months ago, but I'm better today. You really have to go that micro instead of macro. This is not a macro moment. This is a micro moment. What can I do today to make myself feel better? What can I resolve today? How can I be grateful today? Because if not, if you're thinking of the macro, so much macro stuff is going wrong in your life that you're like, oh, I thought I was going to be here by this moment. And guess what? You're off off your schedule. So, you know, I always say in January, write the three things you're going to accomplish this year and break it down. Sometimes when something happens like this, you have to change the list and make the list smaller more micro, more simple, because right now, maybe all you can do is little simple things. That's Mm -hmm. enough. You will get back to the macro again, but maybe this is not the moment to do that. And to make yourself feel bad. Oh my God, why can't I get to that? You're not going to get to that goal because no one is getting to that goal. Now we do see some people that are benefiting from all these horrible things. You know, there are companies, listen, I have a guy renting a building from me who started a business a year ago where he does Corona, you know, injections in school. He just made $100 million in his first year. Wow. Some people do benefit. They're at the right place at the right time in the right moment. And in a catastrophe, they benefit. Don't compare yourself to that because you've benefited other times. Like I benefited when I was very young from being a Latina in the Latino TV market at the right place at the right time when no one else was doing it. You don't know. Like, again, I think it's always really a bad idea to compare yourself to other people. You're on your own journey in this life. You will benefit when other people don't, and maybe you'll be down and out when other people benefit. It doesn't matter. Just stick to the plan that makes your mental health okay. I have had a bad couple years. My parents have been very sick. 
I had to move to Miami to help them completely on another plane of problems that I didn't expect coming that were coming. I have a lot of real estate. I tell everybody, don't buy shoes, buy buildings. I bought a lot of real estate in a state where the governor told everybody, don't pay the rent. Even if you're rich, don't pay the rent. So I had to thank God that I had money saved to carry my buildings in a bad moment. If not, I would be screwed right now. So many people lost their buildings because they didn't have enough money put away in states where they were told not to, where tenants were told not to pay the rent. And in this country, poor people sometimes don't take advantage of the laws and rich people do. And the laws were not meant for the rich people, but they take advantage of them. So if I didn't have money put away, I would have been really even in a worse situation. So I just want people to know that even those of us that teach you what to do, we have problems too. But the difference is that I have a lot of experience. I'm older and wiser. And I have prepared for this because I've been through this. I have been through horrible years at least three times in a massive way in my life, starting with at five years old, leaving my country and having my parents lose everything. And at five, I have to take over the family and translate and do everything. So let me just tell you, you are not going to make it to the end of of your life. I know even if you're young and you think, I figured it out, I'm smarter than my parents, good luck, because you're going to hit horrible crises at least three times in your life, at least. So you better get ready for them and know that you will get through it. And this too shall pass. And if you're smart, you use that moment to come back bigger and better. And you're going to leapfrog yourself after the crisis to a higher place. Because if you don't, then you're going to be like bitter and you're going to be dying a little every day because you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You have to go with the flow. Read history. A hundred years ago, there was a pandemic. It lasted eight years. It blew out the country. We then we, we came back with the roaring 20s and then we had a depression. So let's just not think like we think, oh, this is the only time. Like read history. The world has been around for millions of years and these things have happened to people way before you. So let's start thinking, what's it all about? And I think for me, the existential crisis, once again, again, being older and wiser is saying, okay, obviously the world is about going through obstacle courses and growing or not growing. And I have to believe that there's a reason for all this because you got to figure it out. It's like a puzzle. We got to figure out how do I do the next round, which may only last 10 years before the next crisis or eight years or 12 years. Because if you look, if I look at my life, I go every 10 or 12 years, there's a crisis, whether it's a personal crisis or a world crisis. So I got to do those next 10 years better. What did I learn? So I don't make the same mistakes again. So I don't get to the next crisis in, from a bad place. I did this crisis, which was a doozy, better than my last big crisis. I had a crisis in 9-11 that was business, financial, personal. Like It was my 9-11. And then I had another crisis, 2008. So that one was only a seven-year gap. I did that gap better than before. And now I have it again. I've done this one better than before. That's got to be the reason for it. You get better. Absolutely. A couple things here. You talk about taking baby steps and you kind of beat me to the question a little bit talking about comparison. But when ego comes into play and you know you see other people around you, I don't know, taking what looks to be bigger steps than you, it's really hard not to compare. Yeah. So I'll talk, we'll talk about that. I think, again, this is where it helps to be older and wiser. Life is a long distance run. And What I have learned is that you don't know what what happened to someone before you've known them, and you don't know what's coming after. I think that sometimes we get caught up in jealousy, and it's human, right? Like, how come that person, I do too, (laughs) the way 
am human. Why does that person have that? And I don't have that. And why does this person? And what I've learned over time is sometimes people that I'm jealous of, and I think they've gotten so much, you know, I didn't know they were going to get multiple sclerosis later. I didn't know that their mate was going to die. I didn't know that they were going to become broke and go into bankruptcy. I didn't know maybe that before I met them, they had been molested and horrible things happened to them. And now that you don't know, like, you know, there's a saying that says, you know, if I said to you, okay, you want somebody else's life. Okay. You want to take it? If I could give it to you, but you have to take all the burdens that are going to come with their, that life that you don't know what they are. And I think that is the, the wisest thing I can tell you. My life experience shows that life, is not, life isn't always fair. There are some people that get away with very bad things, but we don't know. We really also don't know. We don't know what's happening to their children or to their mate, or we don't know that, you know, we're not up here looking down and seeing the macro of a full life before, after, and even in, into the next life or into the next life of their family to really judge and we get jealous because we're impatient and because we want something that we don't know if we got it, we wouldn't want it anyway. You know, I think to myself, how many of my friends when I was young wanted to be famous? And the ones that got really famous, then were like, oh my God, I wish I wasn't famous. I didn't know that you can't go into a grocery store, that you can't do anything. <laughs> that if you go out in the street, you're judged, that you get, you have stalkers, that you have all these things. I would give it, I would give all the money in the world not to have that. Well, it's too late. You got what you wanted. How many of my friends said, I want to be really, really, really rich? And they got it. And then there's a lot of bad stuff that comes with being really, really, really rich. You actually only need enough money so that you don't worry about money. But once you have too much money, then everybody wants money from you. Mm. And then you don't trust anybody because you think everybody wants to be with you because they want your money. You know, all the things we covet and desire aren't all that. I mean, Matt, you and I know a lot of famous people. And we know the truth sometimes behind those famous people, and it isn't what it appears to be, right? You, as someone like me, or like even you, that we have an expertise in something and we try to teach, I always worry and I say, I don't want to be a guru. I don't want to be in, a, in, a, in the rat race of being a guru because I'm flawed too. Mm-hmm. And I, I have also witnessed a lot of guru-ish people have to fake it later that they actually still know what they, that they know better than you do. When in fact, they're going through a crisis and they're like, I don't know if I know anything. I'd rather be the person that says, I'll tell you what I know, but you know what? I don't know a lot of stuff. I think that's more honest. And I've seen a lot of gurus becoming congruent. You know, as someone who was raised in the Catholic church and saw priests or nuns or somebody tell you, this is what it is. This is the absolute truth. And then you see those people leave the church or whatever. And you're like, well, what was that about? So, you know, we're all just human trying to do the best we can. And I think the less we covet something that we think brings us happiness. I know a lot of really successful, rich people, and they're not so happy. And I know a lot of poor people that think if I only had that, I'd be happier. I don't think this journey is, you know, I'll tell you how I look at it. I want to be the best me that I can be. And that's constantly committed to growing. And I want to have enough money that I don't worry about money when I'm an old lady because I know that that's not good and that I can also just live an okay life and I want to be doing things that are congruent with who I am. That's what I want because I know that all those ego-based things, like, wow, the world tends to teach you really big lessons when you're in your ego a lot. Absolutely. Now, you use the word that I, I really want to talk about, the word jealousy. 
That is something that I've experienced time and time again, mainly because I, even before I met you, Nelly, like I would always surround myself with individuals that were older than me, individuals that had things that I wanted, had the knowledge I needed, whether that be from a financial perspective, so on and so forth. But when doing that and surrounding yourself with people that are older, a little bit more experienced, wiser, you can find yourself getting jealous a little bit more easy if you're hanging out with people that are your age. You know, so I actually had to change the way I viewed jealousy because I I was like, why am I such a jealous person? When in reality, I switched my frame of mind around that word and said to myself, all right, if you're jealous, that just means you want something that's attainable because someone else has it. Right. What's your take with that? Do you, do I you agree. agree? I think jealousy is is a negative thing that you can turn into light because it shows you what you want and then it shows you. Like, well, if you're jealous of somebody, go find out how they did it and go get it. But also be understand all that comes with the thing you're jealous of, because it's what I just said. Right. So be careful what you want and be and again, be clear of what is the dark side of that thing that you covet. Right. Because everything has a pro and con. Right. So to me, I'll give you an example in my own life, like, you know, because I'm obviously older. I grew up you know, I'm Cuban American. And I was blessed that when I was 17 years old, I did a little documentary on Gloria and Emilio Stefan before they hit big. And I really have always admired them and respected them. And I just thought they were like everything I wanted to be right. I wanted a a family like theirs. And I, not that I wanted to be an artist like Gloria Stefan, but I loved their, like Emilio has a really great entrepreneurial business mind. And I love how he turned Gloria into an artist. And then he sort of built a business for them. I don't know if a lot of people know that they have restaurants and hotels and all kinds of businesses. And I would say probably that I felt jealous and, but I was lucky because I knew them so I could ask them how they did it. But would I want a car bus accident like they had where Gloria was almost paralyzed? I mean, they've had a lot of things happen that they've had to overcome. So what I did is I turn, and I also realized I don't want everything that they have. That's the other thing. We tend to think you want, you're jealous of somebody and you want everything. No, you want to cherry pick. I like this person's <laughs> marriage. I like this person's business. I like this person's house. I like this. Per- and, and, and really it's just a guiding light for you of what's possible for you. If they did it and they look like you and they come from your background, then you can do something too. But then I have to tweak my model because I don't want exactly what they want. I want different things. And so- that jealousy can be turned into your guiding light and for you to figure out, okay, what are the parts of them that I like? What are the parts of other people? And how do I use those people as my mentors? Even if I don't know them, how do I read about them? And how do I read about the the stuff that also have been their challenges? So I understand very pragmatically that you don't get all that good stuff without also best. We just don't get a perfect life. (laughs) <laughs> now, I'm curious, you know, we, we're talking about things that we desire outside of ourselves. Maybe someone else has it, so on and so forth. How do we know or how would you know what's your advice to someone that's listening? You know, maybe they desire, you know, having a house in a certain area. How do we know if that's actually us or maybe like a mask that we're wearing that, you know, society or culture or our conditioning or our parenting has put on top of us? I think that's a great question because I think especially in today's world where on social media, you see all these people's lives that probably are false 
because everybody presents a life that is very glamorized without the, you know, the parts that are maybe not so, so good. And it makes people, it makes people more jealous, right? Because you go, wow, why, why am I not on a trip every weekend? Or why am I not, you know, whatever it is. I think that's tough. I think that's a real dilemma of your generation, right? Except that I hope you guys see through it that, you know, that that's like a persona and you know that people create a persona that is glamorized and that is something that is just not real. Real life is not with a filter. Real life is not people in a relationship that don't argue with each other. Real life is not, you know, I guess if you're an influencer and you make all this money, how long can you sustain that? Mm -hmm. Right. The day is going to come that you go, I can't do 20 of these videos a day. So what happens when you stop everything? Right. What's the game plan for 20 years from now? I think, you know, it's so funny because I, I was just having this conversation with Jennifer in my office that life is macro and micro. You know, you have to be doing stuff today, but you have to have a game plan. I can tell you that no career in today's world is going to last even 10 years. Things are changing so quickly. You know, I'm so blessed that I said to myself, I'm going to go back to school and get a doctorate when I was in the middle of the height of my career producing shows. And I was smart because, yes, you can still produce a lot of shows. You don't make the money producing shows in today's world with all those streamers that own everything like you made when I was a TV producer, you know, many years ago. Thank God that I learned new skills and did new things and expanded my universe. So for you to just be saying, I'm going to go be an influencer and make a lot of money and think that that's going to be your career 20 years from now, forget it. The world will change and you better be thinking, what's the next thing I'm going to do? This is going to, I'm going to make that money now. I'm going to invest that money. So it makes me more money. Just like I invested in real estate. So now real estate makes me money so I can come up with my next career. Mm. So you have to be thinking that everything isn't what it appears to be. We're living in the matrix. We're living in metaverse. It's not all, it's real life and it's the fake life up there. And we can make money from that fake life, but we better not think all of everything is that life. There is the real world. Watch the matrix. What do you think about the metaverse? Are you ever going to put on a headset and live in a digital reality? I mean, I'm probably not. I mean, unless I just, you know, I think that you know, maybe I will, because maybe as I don't know what's going to happen as I get older, maybe old age is going to be so difficult that I want to escape it. I guess from an entertainment point of view, it is great to escape, but we can't forget that the real world doesn't look like that. Right. So I, I appreciate that we are evolving and growing and I'm open and I have to stay open because I think older people that don't stay open to change and growth are going to, what are we like the living dead? I don't want to be the living dead, but it is great to also be grounded in reality. For sure. And that the real world has real problems. And I mean, I don't even have to state them because we, if every young person doesn't realize the last two years that we have massive global health issues, we have massive problems with the environment, we have massive issues with diversity and with, you know, racial issues all around the world. And, you know, I mean, we have so many problems that we can't lie to ourselves and just escape that. 24 hours a day, but we all do also need to escape sometimes, or we'd all have nervous breakdowns. Absolutely. Yeah. The more and more I'm thinking about it, just from hearing you speak, it almost sounds like we're kind of just like piling stuff up, you know, from a global perspective on like such a shaky foundation. So like when we start talking metaverse, NFTs, this, that, the other, uh, just seems like an escape, you know, from. Well, it's an escape. It's also, I mean, the good part of it is that we're creating new ways of make building wealth. 
Sure. And and that part excites me. New ways of bucking the system and saying, why is, is the system uh, controlling all of how we build wealth? Maybe that's an old system. I love that. I love revolution. You know, I love, you know, I guess when we say people are disruptive, I love all that. And I think there's a balance between revolution and disruption. And then that we also need some calm and some peace and some respite from revolution all the time, right? But it is that it is that balance between those two things, right? And and if you look at history, you see that these kinds of things have happened through history. I mean, I think everybody should read the book Cloud Atlas. It's better than the movie, but the movies the movie's a little it's a little intense, so it's hard. You have to watch it a couple of times to really get it. What basically the book is, which by the way, it's funny because the Matrix creators did the movie. So they, they're, you know, basically Cloud Atlas is about showing you different scenes in history. And you realize we've just been inching our way. Like change happens very slowly in the world. So you go to one extreme, then you go to another extreme. And then there's like periods of life where everything's peaceful. And then you go to one extreme and then you go to the other extreme. And in those extremes, countries fall. The Roman Empire fell, right? There's pandemics that, you know, I don't think people realize, and Latinos don't even know this, that when the Spaniards came to Latin America, I mean, John Leguizamo talks a lot about this in his shows. There were 70 million indigenous people in Latin America. They came in and brought diseases to Latin America and wiped out all but 7 million indigenous people. 63 million people died in 10 years. I mean, a wipeout of an entire continent. These things have happened in history over and over and over again. Who the hell do we think we are? We're just a little nugget. We're a grain of sand. There will be so many people after you. There have been so many people before you. You know, everybody, my, you know, my kid included is like, this is so horrible. I go, the generation before mine lived through the civil rights movement, wars, Vietnam, anger, hatred, murders of presidents. We've had a respite. We've been in like La La Land for 20 or 30 years in the United States. Other countries have been falling apart. Why do we think we don't, we're not ready for a comeuppance? Mm. I just think you have to really go macro and understand your place in history, your place in the universe. And that then also begs the question, why are we here? And what is our point? What is our purpose here? And are we coming back? Do we get to do this over again? I mean, I don't know the answers to this, but those are the questions I ask myself. You know, do we learn and then we come back in a bigger way? I mean, there there are plenty of countries that believe in that. I don't know. But I think we should be asking ourselves those kind of existential questions to make sense of all of it. These are moments where we have to go existential. What do you think is the purpose of life? For me, listen, I, I am not the prophet. I'm not a religious person in that way. But I'll tell you what I think. I believe life is not fair in in a way that we can see it ourselves all the time. I've seen plenty of bad people get away with things. But again, I know that I'm not looking from above. I believe that my job in this life is to grow every day by any means necessary. If something scares me and, you know, I have a new list of things that scare me, I have to do it. I have to really, for me, I have to you know, acknowledge that it scares me and do it anyway, because I want to, I know that no one's here to save me. I know that I have to be my own mother, my own sister, 
my own child, my own everything. I have to find a way to soothe myself, comfort myself. And that doesn't mean I have to be alone. And that doesn't mean that I can, I don't want to be in with a mate. Yes, I want a mate. And yes, I want friends. And just, but I just can't expect another flawed human being to save me. That is just a recipe for disaster. I have to be as good to myself as possible and forgive myself when I'm not perfect. I can't forgive you when you're not perfect if I don't forgive myself first and then be committed to grow every day till the day I die. I mean, look at examples and, and like, look, when you're 20, you should look at people that are 50 and go, what are the, who are the people that are 50 that I'm admiring? I'm looking at 80, 90, 100. You know, my role models are like Norma Kamali and Gloria Steinem and Betty White, people that are living in grace in older age, share, freaking share who's 75 years old and is still looking good and working out and tries to do good by the elephants. Who are the people that I admire older so that I have a guiding light? And a lot of those women have been alone in old age. Uh, Norma Kamali just found her mate at, at 65 and is now 75 and getting married at 75. We didn't think we were gonna live this long. So who are your guiding lights and who are people that are growing? Because I want to grow every day till I die, period. Everything else is superfluous to that. Right. You talk about things that scare you. What does scare you? Oh, my God. Well, you know, I am single in my late 50s, which I never in my wildest dreams thought that that would be. And it scares me to date at my age. Mm. It scares me to go online and date. I'm like, what the heck? It scares me. You know, my ego comes up. All kinds of things come up. It scares me to be alone. It scares me to start new things. It scares me to be in a world of that you guys find so easy uh, in the internet and in social media. And it's, it goes faster and faster and faster that I can't keep up. It scares me that, uh, you know, I mean, so many things scare me, but it's okay. I acknowledge it because you have to give voice you have to give voice to the dark things in your life. Everything in life isn't happy. I hate when people go, let's say how great ever, let's go good. You can't be positive always. There's bad <laughs> shit in the world. You have to acknowledge darkness. It's okay. You know, it's okay to cry. You know, when people, oh, like a lot of men, when they see a woman cry, they go, oh, don't cry. No, it's good to cry. Men should cry more. I love that my son cries and he goes, mom, more men should cry. Sometimes you just have to get it out. Yeah. This sucks. There is bad shit in the world. You have to acknowledge it. And then you go, I got to get back on the horse. Bad shit. But I got to get up and do it again and go through it. Because the only way through it is through it. That's it. You got to do it. You can be sad. Listen, sometimes I just like to just sit and binge watch movies and not engage. Then I got to get it back and get off. Get back on the horse. Get off my butt and get back on the horse. I love that. How do you bring so much courage to these things that scare you, you know, like uh, a lot of people and including myself, when I say a lot of people, I'm included in that there. I actually just had an opportunity that scared the fuck out of me, to say the least. I'm still scared, but I was on I was having a similar conversation just like this. And I was like, you know what? I'm realizing it's scaring me. I have to do it, you know, for whatever reason, I'm backing mm -hmm. away. You know, what's your take there? Well, I'm going to tell you, I think some things in life are not about courage. I let courage is a beautiful word, but it's almost too grandiose for really what I do. What I do, and you know, it's great because I went to psychology school and there is a psychology word for it. It's cognitive behavioral therapy. And what that means is what the army would say is just discipline and keep doing things every day. So it becomes a rote thing that you do. I think getting through fear 
is something that if you practice every day, you just do it. It's like if I said to you, if you're in the military and they go, go make your bed every day. And you're like, oh, I freaking hate making the bed. You know, any habit is created, they say in 21 days. And that is a fact. If you want to lose weight, if you want to be more disciplined, if you want to stop smoking, if you, you need 21 days of a just doing something over and over again. When I face fear, because I'm so used to this now, I just go, okay, write it down. It's, it's got to be on the top three things I have to do. And it's got to be number one on the list. And I just do it. It is a discipline. Okay. Being even keeled and doing things is a discipline. Okay. And it's just like any other discipline. And that's why, you know, everybody always thinks I'm weird because I'm really into the military and everybody goes to the military and they find so many things wrong with it. I'm not saying the military is perfect because it's not, but it's a meritocracy. And a meritocracy Mm -hmm. means if you hang in there long enough, if, if you were in the, in the military and I was in the military and I don't have good hand-eye coordination and they tell me, okay, you got to learn how to load a gun and you have good hand-eye coordination and you learn in two hours how to do it. And it takes me 10 days to learn it over and over and over again. It doesn't matter. After 10 days, you and I are in the same place, right? We both know how to load a gun. It doesn't matter. It takes me longer. It takes you shorter. That's really the key to life. Just because you're not good at something doesn't mean you're not good at it. You just may have some issues. You may have learning disabilities. You may have bad hand and eye coordination. But if you want to do it more and more, if you just keep doing it, you're going to be good at it. Mastery. That's why I love this freaking show on Netflix, the Karate Kid reboot. What is that called? The oh, what's whatever. that called? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's called something Kai. Um, oh, uh, it's gonna bother the hell out of me. I know now. it's gonna bother me. I'm having a senior moment, but anyway, <laughs> I love the Karate Kid. Okay, I love the Karate Kid and 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 that series because life is about discipline. If you're a human being, if you suck at something, just you know, find a guru or a coach or whatever, even if the guru isn't congruent, some people can teach and they can't do. And just listen to them and go, you can do it. You can do it. Go do it. Go do it. Go do it. Do it over and over. You didn't do it yet. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. You're going to do it. And there is something great about that. And that's what I do. I suck at so many things. I suck at a lot. I'm horrible at sports. I'm horrible at working out. I have no hand and eye coordination. I have had to lose a lot of weight in my life. I've had to learn to discipline myself and work out. I have to figure it out and I do it because anything else is being a victim about anything. And I just don't want to live my life as a victim. By the way, I have victim moments. It's okay to have victim moments, but you don't want to be a victim for a long period of time. That just doesn't Yeah. Cobra Kai, by the way. Cobra Kai. I love Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. I've never watched it, but I saw the sign in Times Square recently. So that's, I wrote it down to make sure I wasn't forgetting, but I've actually this question that I'm about to ask you in the past. What's the question you wish more people would ask you? Well, my son asked me the most challenging question that no one else has ever asked me. And I think, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. And you know, who the hell am I to say? I don't, I don't know, but I know what I know, what I think after 50 some years of life, what I think it is. And I think it's very simple to answer. I think most things are really simple and we make them complex. I think the reason we've invented video games is because they're a great metaphor for life, right? You People love to be on video games and they're playing, they master something and they go to level two and then they go to level three and, and then you screw up really bad at level three and you go back to level one. And I think that is a metaphor for life. Life is about getting excited about something and going after it 
and maybe even on parallel tracks. It could be your personal life, your business life, different tracks. And you think you're really doing well. And then like, man, life just sends you a humble pie. It throws you a real doozy or maybe two or three doozies at once. And you're like, shoot, I'm back to zero again. And, you know, I'm such a big fan of George Lucas and Star Wars because he's a fan of Joseph Campbell. And I went to psychology school in the school that has the library of Joseph Campbell's work because I think they reinvented sort of that theory with the hero's journey, right? And George Lucas used Joseph Campbell's philosophical writings about the hero's journey in Star Wars, which is like, you get up and you go slay the dragon, you know, an incredible journey of ups and downs. And then you come back and teach your community what you learned. And I think that is the meaning of life. I mean, I don't care how blessed you are. You're going to have a doozy of a journey. Mm. And I'm so sorry, because when I look at young people, I go, you know, that's why you hear a lot of older people say, oh, I would never go back to being 20 or 30. And then you have other people who haven't lived life. You know, a lot of people that get married and never went out with other people and then they start experimenting older. When you don't do things in their proper moment, you regress. But if you've done everything in your proper time, you get to an age and you go, I don't want to be that age. I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to date people that are younger than me. Why would I want to? Ew, that's creepy. So when you see people that are going backwards is because they miss a step in their evolution. But most people, if you live through every moment in life, even the horrible dark times, you are comfortable where you're at and you don't want to go there again because you don't want to learn those lessons again. Right. Right. I love this. I love this. I've asked those questions a few times on the show and things get deep. So I appreciate the perspectives. But one last question for you. I know I need to let you go in a couple minutes, but if Nellie makes it to whatever year she wants to live to, puts out as many books, hops on as many podcasts, does as much speaking, so on and so forth, but you could only be remembered for one piece of advice, what would that be? Wow. That's a great question, Matt. Wow. I would probably say, go get your own chips. Hmm. which I didn't invent. My boss, when I worked for my boss, Jerry Parencio, many, many moons ago, and I was running a little TV station and he sold it and I was mad at him. And I go, how could you sell this business? This is my baby. And you sold it from under me. And he goes, young lady, those are my chips. Go get your own chips. And I think that that line is so important because it's a metaphor for so many things, right? He was saying to me, go get your own business, right? But I think for me, it's a much deeper thing than that because it means get up, go back and slay the dragon, go out, find what your purpose is, go get the thing you were meant to do on this earth, right? And then I think I would round that off with the name of my book, Self-Made, because to me, self-made doesn't just mean entrepreneurship. To me, I've learned that what that means for me is in life, to make it to the end of your life, you will have to DIY yourself from the inside out. You will have to make yourself over, over and over and over again while you're going to get your own chips. Absolutely. I love Whenever you talk about that, by the way, I know I've heard you say it. I absolutely love it. Nelly, I could talk to you for the rest of the day without a doubt, expressing my gratitude again for you hopping on. First person to do it three times. So thank you. Matt, I love that you're so young and that you are open to going so deep. I really believe I will give you one little secret sauce to leave listeners with. I think that one of my biggest secret sauce is that all of my best friends are mostly women that are way older than me. 
And I think that when you're younger, you don't realize that people that are older than you that have already made it don't want anything from you. They want you to succeed. And instead, we tend to go out and hang out and play with people our own age. And in fact, you're competing with those people. Instead of finding people that have been there, done that, bought the t-shirt and only want their legacy to be that you grow. Mm. And I want people to think about that because if I didn't have those women that are my dear friends, that are my mentors, that are my friends that I invited out to lunch, that I invite out to dinner, that I pay for the dinner because I know they're giving me gold. And I think that's something for all of you to think about. Absolutely. That's incredible. I mean, that's you know something that I truly admire, something that you've said over and over and over again. And I definitely appreciate the reassurance there. It's important. It's really freaking important. So Nelly, thank you again. I appreciate it. Always love talking to you, Matt. And there you have it, everyone. Episode number 223 right here on Decoding Success. A huge shout out to our guest, our friend, Nelly Galan, the first person to ever grace and bless our airwaves three times with her knowledge, wisdom, experiences, vulnerable shares, actionable advice, and so much more. Nelly, shout out to you. Really excited to be able to amplify your message to each and every one of our incredible community members that's listening. And to that point, to those incredible community members that's listening, I am going to urge you to smash that share button, click those three little dots, copy the link, throw it in a group text, throw it in your emails, speak about it in the lunchroom, Share it on social, wherever, however, you now have the ability to be a beacon of light to someone else as this episode has impacted your life. Listen, there is so much discussed within this episode. It is absolutely one of a kind. We talked about fears. We talked about the meaning and purpose of life, the meaning and purpose of our existence. And beyond that, we talked about actionable advice, how to shift your mindset from the macro to the micro in these ever-changing and turbulent times we find ourselves in. We talked about so much in this episode, urging you to share it one more time with the people that are in your life. And until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.